Welcome everyone, my name is Griffin and you have found Flight SimEdge. It is Friday, 5 p.m. straight up, Eastern Standard Time, in beautiful Tampa Bay, USA, and welcome to everyone to our 12th Season 2 broadcast. We just made it. I wanted to get another uh, episode in before July went bye-bye, but there was no point, none, in doing a show before A, Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 became released on the Xbox Series X, and before the gigantic update that everybody is pulling their hair out within the last 48 hours. I just downloaded the patch to that update that came out. And uh, yeah, so let me give you some tips about when I do a download. The first thing, and I have found this to be more effective, it, it, it avoids some um, situations that come to pass. But uh, um it's by no means going to be the cure for some of the bugs that uh, that the that this update uh, has in it. Now, um, you're going to want to update your uh, Microsoft Windows to the latest updates. And when you update, this is my strategy: you you keep updating. So even when you do an update that does a restart, that doesn't mean there's nothing more to update. If you have it on manual updates, like I do. You got to go back, check, and then see if there is another update to that. Um, then I do a quick scan, uh, make sure that uh, my virus, antivirus programs are all up to date. I do a quick scan on that. And then I go uh, into Radeon, um, um, the adrenaline software, and I check my updates there. There is an update. Uh, if you have a 6,000 uh, series card, there is an update. Like I said, often Microsoft and Flight Simulator, if there's an update in those two things, they will usually be an update uh, to your Radeon software. And there was a quick update. So I think it's uh, 0.71 and, and 0.72 came out quickly uh, after that. I got the 0.72 uh, today. So um, you want to upgrade all those things. When everything is all updated, then what I do is I turn the computer off. I shut it down and uh, I keep it off for like a good three to five minutes. I call this the burn-in process. And then um, I start it up uh, and let it let that run for two or three minutes because you never know what kind of hinky things they're doing in the background. Uh, the Windows is doing in the background and you just want to have a stable platform. Then I go into my Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 and do whatever update it requires me to do. Then the patch, which was interesting enough, uh, guided you to the Microsoft Store, and you had to uh, 
update within the Microsoft Store and then um, you had to restart the program and then it did uh, another download process for the patch. So that has, was all a fascinating process and uh, a bit of the pain in the ass. I haven't flown since the big update so I haven't experienced um, all the glitches and I want to say this to all of you and it's just you know my thoughts on it but uh, um, you might want to take it to heart I did not download the new Garmin 1000 look that is going to be the default um, Garmin 1000 uh, GPS when that's all completed and done. People are already having hiccups with third-party aircraft or third-party uh, um, GPSs and, and, and all of this stuff. It is, for all intensive purposes, it is a pre-release. It is in beta form. They even say that on there. And uh, for all of you that like to participate and those things and testing products out and giving them feedback that is um, very admirable and uh, good luck to you on that but if you are like me that just wants your simulator to be as stable as possible um, it's got some cool features in it we're really gonna love it when it comes out the big feature is is you're gonna be able to type in it is what I heard you don't have to use the rotor uh, for um, uh, putting in uh, airport prefixes and waypoints and stuff. And that that is almost a game changer to me. I mean, that is just going to be so, so convenient. Um, but uh, as good as the updates are going to be, they're not done yet. They're buggy. And that's fine if it's buggy, but um, it's causing bugs in unrelated areas within the simulator. So if you're like me, I'm, I'm a patient guy. You know, I'll, I'll wait till it's done. I'm not much of a beta alpha or beta guy. I don't have the, have the latest thing all the time. Um, <clears throat> it took me a long, long time, for instance, when X-Plane 11 came out, with their uh, beta um, graphics improvement, um, I waited several months, and then when the beta became very stable, and I and I went on the forums and did my information, and and it improved the frame rates within the sim so much, and the beta was very was very stable. I didn't even know when the beta turned into a full release. Um, the beta version that I downloaded was a very very stable version but when it came out for weeks I did not download it I did not download it and uh, there are some wisps upon the wind regarding um, X-Plane 12 well we we got a lot to say we got a lot to talk about is really a, a, a complete and total understatement um, I do not have an Xbox Series X, so I haven't been able to fly the sim within that. I plan on getting it, not so much for uh, 
uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator, although if I do have an Xbox Series X, and because it's free on Game Pass, if you've already uh, have the digital license to Microsoft Flight Simulator, I might as well, right? Um, I do have a 4K television, and it will be able to generate uh, 60 hertz, so um, it should get uh, some good frame rates. The frame rates comparisons... Um, uh, the frame now remember 60 hertz and 120 hertz the 120 it 4k at 120 in an Xbox Series X is not worth it um, so you're gonna run it at 60 anyways um, if you're buying a television or a uh, multimedia monitor for your Xbox Series X um, I wouldn't shell out the extra money for the 120 hertz unless it's a marginal uh, price increase. If it is, get it. Uh, you're future proofing um, for whatever might be the the the, the case. But uh, um, you, it's it's not needed. And the everyone says uh, that are you know game techs that know these things that um, the sweet spot for the Xbox is the the 4K running at 60 hertz. So that being said. Um, we got so much to talk about. I'll tell you what. I, I shouldn't have even talked about the, the, the whole Xbox television thing. I'm going to see you on... I'm not even going to say that yet. If, if you're new to the program... <laughs> it's been a while. I guess I'm rusty. If you're new to the program, welcome. You probably found us uh, by accident. Uh, a lot of the Xbox simmers might have just typed in flight simulation. And so... We might have a big uh, uptick of our audience. I'm not expecting that to be uh, necessarily the case. But uh, whether you're flying on Xbox, because you are flying. Now, if you're using the controller, okay? I'm not even going to go there. I'm not even going to go there right now. Welcome to everybody that has a flight simulator. <laughs> and if you found this program, if you're new to the program, you probably found us by accident. We do not do any cross um, promotion. We do not promote on uh, any of the um, podcast uh, entities. We don't uh, promote on Facebook or uh, Instagram or Twitter. I, we do have a, a Twitter account. Then sometimes we post... Uh, pictures and stuff on there, but uh, we do not promote ourselves uh, outside uh, of this uh, um, for this broadcast in any way. So you found us by accident. Perhaps it was serendipity. If you are a tried and true veteran and have listened to programs uh, in the past, then by all means, welcome home. Find a comfortable spot to put your little tush and have a drink beverage of your choice and get ready for a jam-packed show. We're still going to try to do it within a two-hour period of time, but as always, your pilot makes no guarantees. It is turbulent out there, and now the airports are indeed crowded with much traffic so we might have to fly in a holding pattern and we may go beyond the two hour window of time i will see you 
all of you, all of you beautiful people. On the flip side, wheels up. So I, I hit a, a smattering uh, of, of a smattering. Is that a word? Smattering of, uh, of things uh, that the show is going to be about that we're going to get more in depth in that long and unorganized uh, introduction. My intros are usually much more organized than that. I do apologize. But in any case, uh, I'll leave it in there for comedic value. Um, so Xbox Series X, what's it all about? What's going to happen? What's it like compared to Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 on the PC? All of those wonderful questions that people are going to ask. Listen, I have to tell you, I'm going to tell you this, and uh, I, I, I alluded to it in the past, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about it now. I am going to get an Xbox Series X. The main reason why I'm going to get it is because uh, we watch a lot of media, um, we stream uh, Netflix, Paramount, uh, Amazon Prime, all of those things, and we watch it through our Xbox One. And that does not broadcast in 4K. So we're not utilizing uh, the, uh, the advantages of, of our new Samsung television. So um, uh, that's predominantly the main reason why we get an Xbox Series X. Um, my daughters do game a little bit, but with Game Pass, I think they're going to find uh, a lot of things to do. Uh, and uh, so um, uh, I am eventually uh, going to get an Xbox Series X, maybe like Black Friday. I'm thinking around that area there. I don't know if there'll be any kind of special deals for it or whatever. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, anywho, uh, I am planning to get an Xbox Series X. I've owned every Xbox since the original Xbox, and um, I'm not going to change that trend. And um, But the main reason why is, that, um, is so that I can get uh, all of my streaming channels that uh, I currently have and be able to broadcast it uh, in full 4K. Um, It'll uh, just do that so so much better than, than what I have uh, going now. Now, let me say this to all the new guys that are out there. This simulator is kind of two in one, okay? If you are using a hand controller, and the Xbox Series One X is backwards compatible to the controllers from the Xbox One, um, and you are flying your plane in external view only. You're landing your plane in external view. You're taking off in external view and you're manipulating the plane with the uh, thumb controllers on, uh, with, the, with the thumb pads, uh, uh, thumb joysticks on the controller. You are not simulating. <laughs> you are playing a game, okay? And you can do this on the PC. You can totally do it on the PC. So for people that are like, oh, it's going to, the, the Xbox Series X is going to be a game version because you can use the controllers. Guess what, folks? You can use the controllers on the PC. And that has been the case, I think, since launch. So um, that's true for PCers, too. There's people on the PC 
they're they're out there. I don't think they're my audience, but they're out there that have been using the hand controller and flying the plane external view uh, almost exclusively. If you look at all the new guys that aren't flight simmers, they're more game tech dudes, and they're talking about uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator, and you're looking at their video, they're all external view. It took me a long time to find an Xbox Series X video, YouTube video, where someone was flying it within the cockpit. And, uh, you know, doing a, a, a cold start and, and all of that stuff. I got scared. I thought for a minute there, well, maybe you can't do it that way. But I knew that that was not the case. It just took a while for somebody uh, to, to end up doing it. And I do think they were a flight simmer, not a game tech guy that, uh, that, that did that. Um, having said all that, um, yes, I know I don't know what uh, flight yokes uh, and or uh, flight sticks are available for the Xbox Series X as we talk today. And did I say that uh, today's July 30th? I said it was Friday, but I didn't say July 30th. Yeah. So we're broadcasting this uh, uh, July 30th. But um, uh, so it might take a while to actually sim on the Xbox Series X where you have a, a, a stick or a yoke, uh, something other than the gamepad uh, controller. Um, but having said that, we've talked about building computers, um, excuse me, and we talked about going through my, uh, build, <coughs> hold on just a second. There, that's better. I had to take a swing, swig of water and I had to open the bottle and drink it and all of that stuff. I didn't want to waste uh, broadcast time doing that. Um, so where was I? Where was, what? oh yeah. We, um, and so if you've listened to the show in the past, obviously you know if you're new to the show and you go back and archive, you're going to hear a lot of shows about hardware and about building a computer system for the sim. We are now moving beyond that point. You either have your rig built, uh, you or you're waiting for uh, probably a GPU to finish your rig, um, or uh, you're still uh, amassing money to build your rig. If you don't wanna buy a pre-built because um, because of the expense or because you're not sure a pre-built is going to run the simulator the way that you want to. And those are all valid issues. If you don't want to spend the money on building a system for yourself, and I never thought I would be able to say this, <laughs> but I, it, it really makes me happy that I can. Um, and I know that the availability is quite low and I don't want you to scalp your Xbox Series X. If you want to pay a hundred bucks, because I've seen some on Macari and I've seen some on eBay, 
that are like $600 and you want to spend a hundred bucks more so you have your Xbox Series X now, I'm not going to fault you for that. That's fine. If you're going to spend twice as much and spend a thousand dollars on an Xbox Series X, don't do that. It's even if you have the liquidity to be able to do that without uh, it uh, affecting your finances, uh, it just is that's overpriced. It, it really, really is. And um, the frame rates, okay, on an Xbox Series X on a 4K television at 60 hertz. Are you hearing me, folks? People are getting, now I don't know where they're putting their, their sliders, their, their, their video adjustments. I don't even know how that works within the Xbox Series X, to be honest with you. I'm assuming that it's the same as the PC. But, um, and they didn't get into details at, at what their settings were. Um, but I have heard around 60 to 65 frames per second. You don't want to believe that they optimized Microsoft Flight Simulator to run on an Xbox Series X with an AMD <laughs> CPU and a Radeon AMD GPU. What we speculated in this podcast from the moment, uh, pretty much from uh, from the end of the first season to the beginning of from the beginning of the second season, end of the first season, um, if you didn't think that was going to happen, if you were like, "Oh, Griffin's crazy, he's nuts, his theories are hairballed." Let me delightfully tell you, you were wrong and I was right. 65 frames per second. One I saw getting 65 frames per second out of Heathrow in a 747. I'm letting it sink in. This is a dramatic pause. That's why I told you guys fairly early on in, in season two, don't spend, either build a good system that's going to run the simulator the way that you want it to run, or just stick with what you have. To all the people that I've said, stick to what you have. And you don't have a thousand, you don't have fifteen hundred or two thousand dollars for a new computer. Get an Xbox Series X and fly it on that. It will fly it in 1440p on a 1440p monitor. Some of you have heard that the game consoles won't run it on 1440p. That is not true. That is true for the Sony PlayStation 5. That is not true for the Xbox Series X. 
And I mentioned Xbox Series X because that is the more powerful system. Um, do your own research if you're interested in an Xbox Series S. I don't know what that's going to do or how it's going to do it. And frankly, I'm not interested. Um, if it pulls the same numbers as an Xbox Series X, and I don't see necessarily how, because I believe the, GP, the CPU is different. Um, then, then uh, do your own research. If it's going to run it at a, at a spec that you think is, is going to be adequate, then, and, and you want the Xbox Series S, then by all means, go for it. But uh, this program has been honed. to run this simulator on the Xbox Series X, X, which is AMD. One of the big parts of the big update is multi-core support. And we talked about that. Remember? We said it's got to run it on multi-core because... The old methodology of, of, of flight simulator engines running on a single core with a high clock speed is not going to push this sim, even if the software is optimized for the console. It's not going to push it. So um, everything that we've speculated, every hypothesis that we talked about, as far as I'm concerned, has come to pass. Does that mean it's not going to run on multi-core uh, on Intel? And it won't run well on a uh, NVIDIA card? I'm not saying that. I'm saying that this program has been honed to run on the Xbox Series X, and those use AMD parts. And so if you have a rig with high-end AMD parts in it, meaning the CPU and the GPU, your system is going to be taking advantage of that extra tweaking that they're doing to run it good on the console. It's just that simple, folks. So if you're still thinking about a rig, and you're building your rig for Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. In my opinion, you would be crazy not to make it an AMD system. You would be crazy not to do that. The the like Jetline Systems and, and, and um, Forsex and a couple of other companies that build rigs uh, specifically for um, flight simulators, they have not caught on to this. Now, most of them, if you say, I want a Radeon CPU, I mean, if I want a Radeon GPU and a, and a Ryzen CPU, they'll build it for you. I'm not saying that they won't. But they're pre-built systems that you just look up online and you click. 
they are not emphasizing um, Radeon Ryzen builds. Even those that mention that the rig is, is being specifically built for Microsoft Flight Simulator. They haven't caught on yet. They're still thinking two-dimensionally. A console is this and a PC is that. And that is not the situation. Ladies and gentlemen and boys and girls of all ages, that is not the situation. So, um, it's going to take a while for you to sim on the Xbox Series X because of the controller availability. But there are controllers that are coming out. Uh, there is the... Um, there is the Honeycomb Flight Yoke. And there is the Turtle Beach uh, Flight Yoke um, that's coming out. If your choice is between those two things, in my opinion, I would go with the Turtle Beach. I'm going to get the Turtle Beach, uh, I think it's called Universal Controller because uh, flight Universal Flight Yoke, because you can set it up for a multi-engine uh, jet aircraft um, because of the, the, the two throttle uh, quadrants that come with it, or you could set it up for like a single, uh, um, single prop air, you know, general aviation airplane. And I think that's amazing. You got that all bundled in one system. Um, it just expands your flight deck. Uh, and that's what I've always tried to build. Um, and that's what my goal has always been is not building a flight deck for one specific aircraft or another, but to have the most uh, comprehensive, um, generalized uh, flight deck so that I can, if I want to fly, you know, a twin engine jet, I can do that. If I want to fly, you know, a Cessna 172, I can do that. And the, my flight deck will, will be able to accommodate all of those things. Nothing is going to do that. There's no tool that's going to allow that to be the case better than a Turtle Beach uh, flight controller. Um, and uh, uh, the, uh, the Turtle Beach is new technology compared to the Honeycomb. The Honeycomb is 8-bit. Turtle Beach is 16-bit, I believe. And uh, no, the Honeycomb is... Uh, is 11 bit, I think, and the Turtle Beach is 16 bit, but the Honeycomb still has tensiometers in it, and tensiometers wear over time. They're hard; they they fall out of sequence uh, much quicker, um, especially when you go from airframe to airframe. The Turtle Beach is magnetic. It's the same kind of control system that the Airbus Thrustmaster control system has. And I'll tell you something, if you go to your, um, oh, I made a big goof up, big goof up. I erased my profile and then uh, somehow I corrupted the uh, 
default because I started to reprogram and that was in the default. So I don't have the default settings that came from the factory. Um, and it was just a stupid error on my part, but uh, I got it back to, to where it needs to be. But if you go into your control uh, section, uh, go to options and then go to controllers and uh, your little white lines um, that, that are your access indicators are twitching, you know, they're moving around. That's the difference because on the, um, the uh, Thrustmaster uh, Airbus um, digital flight stick, they don't move. They're right there. When they're in neutral, they're right in the middle. There's no twitchy. There's no little twitch whatsoever. So, and I've seen videos where they're, where they're doing the honeycomb and you still see the little twitch uh, on the video. There's none on the Thrustmaster uh, Airbus controller. None whatsoever. Uh, I'm not at home. I'm at a remote location, so I can't uh, look everything up and give you the proper names, but you guys should know what I'm talking about. And the tr that's going to be true for the Turtle Beach. You're not going to see any kind of twitching because it's a digital solution. It's a digital device talking to a digital device, be it the Xbox or be it your PC. Um, so let's look at the price of what it would all take. Now, a lot of it is going to depend on what television or monitor you have available to you. But you can get a 4K TV at 60 hertz at under $300 just like you can get a good 1440p running at a six, 165 hertz um, monitor, 1440p running at a 65 hertz um, under $300. So if you're going um, for a monitor, you have a TV and everything's fine and you're gonna set up your Xbox Series X as a system for your flight deck then think about maybe getting a monitor instead of another full-blown TV. If um, you're going to get a TV, um, so the Xbox Series X, let's just make believe <laughs> and say that you can get it and you get it at $499. Um, and then you spend uh, $300 for a TV, but you're also getting it for streaming and doing, you know, your videos and all of that stuff. That's a multifunction purpose. So you're upgrading your home entertainment system and you want to be able to fly Microsoft Flight Simulator. Then you're talking um, $500 for the Xbox Series X. 300, and this is US dollars. I live in the United States, obviously. 
um, $300 for your TV. I think you can get it under that, but let's just say $300. Okay, you're at $800. And then you get the Turtle Beach controller. Um, that's just over $1,000, but you're done. You cannot build a computer system in today's environment, and I'm going to tell you, as much as everyone's being optimistic about GPU prices coming down, I've been seeing GPU prices are coming down a month ago. Um, it's, it, it's not going to happen, folks. We still have a silicone shortage. There's no reason for AMD or NVIDIA to come out with cards that are more powerful than the cards that are out right now and having them at a cheaper price. That doesn't make any sense. So even within MSRP, even within MSRP, you cannot build a computer system that's going to run Microsoft Flight Simulator on a 1440p monitor at 65 frames per second with a flight controller, an advanced flight controller, and a monitor for $1,000. You cannot do it. And you won't be able to do it for a long time, if ever. So if you know you can't afford a $1,500 computer system, that would be the bare minimum. I haven't spec'd everything out, but that to me would be the bare minimum. And keep in mind, $300 of that $1,500 is going to be on your monitor. And then $700 to $1,000 is going to be your GPU. You're already just with a monitor and a GPU, <laughs> no case, no fans, no CPU cooling solution, no CPU, just your monitor and your GPU. You're in a box sitting there on a, on a monitor that doesn't have any power or any picture, I should say. You could, of course, power your monitor. You're over $1,000. And you will be able to sim. I can say this now. On an Xbox Series X. There are people simming on it right now. They're using a keyboard, mouse, hand controller, hybrid type of solution right now. but you will be able to sim for $1,000. You will be able to sim with high graphic fidelity and high frame rates for $1,000 with an Xbox Series X. Oh, Griffin, you're such a traitor talking about game. Look, I want people to sim. I believe in this hobby and I love this hobby. And you are able to do it. If I didn't need a computer for work, 
if I didn't need a high-end computer for work, that would be my solution. I'm telling you, right now. Now, having said that, it appears at present that there are a lot more um, options within the PC simulator that's going to make it a better experience. Um, as you get into this hobby, you want to buy airports, you want to buy airframes, you're going to be able to get those things in the marketplace uh, on Xbox, but it's going to be a while. It might be six months before you see anywhere near the choices that the PC has available. And if it takes six months for Xbox to get to where we are now, and I don't even think that's going to be the case, well, think of all the new stuff that's going to be coming out within that six months. So the PC universe of Flight Simulator is always going to have more options available to it. That's just the reality. Me saying the reality about the you can sim for $1,000 with an Xbox Series X in 4K, high frame rates, high graphic fidelity, that's the reality. The, 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 the antithesis reality of that, I guess it would be the antithesis, I'm not sure. The other reality to that, we'll go with that, is that the PC experience is still going to be the best experience. But you cannot build a PC now or in the near future where you're going to be able to sim for $1,000 with high frame rates and high fidelity graphics. It's just not going to happen, folks. So what will the Xbox experience be like in comparison to the PC experience? Well, a lot of that is going to come down to how many third-party companies, companies that... Uh, like Orbix that, that, you know, that makes scenery, that make airports. Uh, um, what's that company called? Tampa, Tampa Simulations or something like that. And uh, um, which from what I can tell has nothing to do with the city of Tampa, but I don't know. But um, how many of them are going to make versions for the Xbox? Because as it stands right now, they're ultimately responsible for doing that. In other words, let's say that uh, you and I uh, designed uh, an airframe. Um, we designed a uh, single-engine uh, prop airplane um, with uh, fixed landing gear um, and uh, a rudimentary... Uh, Navigation, um, we do have an uh, uh, autopilot uh, configuration on there. And, um, you know, uh, it, it takes us six months to, to program it. You and I, maybe an, uh, another person, 
if you can just imagine that in your little world. And we come out with that and, um, you know, for Microsoft Flight Simulator, obviously. And, um, you know, the beta is out there for a month or two. Uh, we have to do a, a, a few updates or patches to, to fix, you know, some unanticipated unanticipated uh, little bugs that uh, only seem to crop up when 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 a, a piece of software is out in the world and is uh, being configured on different systems and all of that stuff. So, and then we release it, right? And we put it... Uh, I, I'm not even sure of the process of, of how it's done. I don't know if we um, submit it to, to Microsoft uh, or uh, Asobo or one of the other partners and then they approve of it and, and, and then put it on the marketplace. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure of that whole process. I'd like to know about that process. Um, I guess I'll do some detailed research and and see how that's done and i'd like to discuss that with you guys but now with consoles right there there is an emulator usually there's like some sort of emulator that you can program uh and and work out the software you know games predominantly and then um, in conjunction with the PC and the emulator, uh, you uh, write the code on the PC. It runs on, in an emulator uh, that's either hardware or software-based. And then um, when, it, when it runs on the uh, – you get, you, you get all the, the coding done, and then you run it on an actual uh, console and see – um, how everything interacts with the controller and whatnot, and then it's released uh, as as a game. This usually is for for a whole game like, uh, um, you know, Assassin's Creed Valhalla or Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. It's a process that could take years. Um, but um, when you're working with, uh an add-on that's that's uh, a piece of code that is uh, if you're looking at other types of games that that might be a, a weapon system might be a, a car um, and uh, various other things oh that reminds me another thing I wanted to say about simulation versus gaming but we'll get to that in a minute um, that, that obviously is going to be a lot less time because you're not designing the whole world. You're designing a uh, piece of software that's going to run in that world or in that overall program. And I'm uh, crudely describing it. I'm at home now and I'm enjoying the beverage of my choice, which is a uh, lovely uh, um, iced coffee drink from the very popular chain uh, that starts with an S and ends with a B. And um, so it seems to me 
and, and again, I'm not a professional coder. I know a lot about coding because I, I know friends that code. I have contacts in the tech industry that code. And so I'm familiar, you know, with, with the, with what it takes, but I, I don't have the technical know-how uh, or the mathematical skill um, to, uh, to do that. I took a lot of math courses in college, but they were all towards uh, a, um, a business degree, my MBA. But it seems to me, just logically looking at it, that writing the code for the uh and in our example our little our little single prop airplane to run on the pc version of microsoft flight simulator 2020 that would be the hardest part you feel me that that would be the hardest part Getting that basic code to work within the emulator so that it runs on the Xbox Series X version of Microsoft Flight Simulator, that that would be an easier task. I'm not going to say that it's easy, but it seems to me that if it took six months and we're just pulling these, you know, time frames out of the air, just to have an example to, for the sake of discussion, if it took six months to build that airplane um, so that it runs on Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 on the PC version, what would it take for that code to run on the emulator? You wouldn't have to change the whole code from scratch. You'd have to change certain aspects of it, um, of course. And then, you know, the overall code to, to, to be compatible within the emulator. What are we talking? A month? Would it be worth it from a business standpoint to work, to pay if, let's say we did have two or three coders that were working on the airplane uh, besides you and I, the hired guns. Would it be worth it to pay them for a month? And then releasing that airframe for both the PC and the Xbox Series X? Will you tell me if you're going to have a um, buyer's pool double or triple? In other words, the amount of people that would be available to purchase that piece of that airframe, that piece of software. will double or maybe maybe even triple. We don't know yet how popular Microsoft Flight Simulator is going to be on Xbox Series X. My gut feeling is 
it's going to be very popular, but not right away. There's going to be the initial rush of people that have been waiting for this program that bought the console for this program. And I do believe it is a launch quality, a launch uh, software. What piece of software right now currently, okay, is going to show off the capabilities of the Xbox Series X better than Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020? I don't think there is one. It's just my opinion, but I, I don't. I don't think there is one. There is a video. Um, hold on, I'm going to try to find it. Now, I don't want to get into a whole PS5 versus Xbox Series X, but Xbox Series X, I couldn't find the video that I was looking for. There are a lot of videos, if you look, um, that break down the technical aspect. The PS5 is a different um, the, the Xbox Series X is a different machine. First of all, they waited till AMD completed its uh, RDNA and all of that stuff, and they incorporated that into the system. It runs 18 to 20, the consensus is, it runs 18 to 20% faster. If you just look at raw computing units, um, that... Uh, um, than, than the PS5 does. The PS5, even if they wanted to, would not be able to run Microsoft Flight Simulator. And this is my point. Nothing's going to show off the console better right now with the, with the, with the games that are available than Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. There's no piece of software out there that's going to show off the hardware superiority of the Xbox Series X over the PS5. Look, I'm not a I'm not trying to get into a gamer. It's just the reality of the situation. It 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 has 12 teraflop compute units compared to like 8 or 10 on the PS5. It it is a it is a more powerful game console than the PS5 because it was later. They waited several months to start build. That's why there's uh, more PS5s out in the marketplace than there is now uh, in comparison to the Xbox Series X because the Xbox Series X wanted AMD to, perf to perfect their latest RDNA, their latest uh, uh, hardware solutions to, to uh, ray tracing and all of those kinds of things, they wanted to incorporate that into the Xbox Series X. The Xbox Series X is comparable to my PC. I have a 6800 XT. I have a Ryzen 5800. If you were to buy those, put I checked on uh, Amazon. My graphics card right now, the cheapest you can get it on Amazon is about uh, $1,300. 
$1,299. And I've seen it as high as $1,600. So if you wanted to get, and my uh, frames per second averages out to be about 75 to 80. A little lower than that in metropolitan areas, a little higher than that in sparse areas. Whereas the Xbox Series X is running 65 frames per second, it seems, regardless of the density of the environment. So that's right there. That's right, that's right compatible to it. That uh, compared to it. That's a it's right in the comparison of the specs on my PC. So if you want to convince people that, hey, if you're looking for the console that has the best hardware, that has the latest hardware, that has the most complete hardware available to it in this generation, Look at Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. There is going to be no piece of software now or in the next series of months that is going to show off the hardware of the Xbox Series X better than Microsoft Flight Simulator. And them waiting to for AMD to, to, to perfect the RDNA and all of that kind of stuff I wish I had that video because he really broke it down. Uh, I was looking at uh, I, my searches was the Xbox Series X uh, is better than the PlayStation 5 or the Xbox Series X is more powerful than the um, PlayStation 5. My last uh, query was the Xbox Series X has more powerful tech than the PS5. I haven't been able to find the video. I, it was one of those videos that I just was watching in passing, and he really broke it down, and I should have I saved it. I don't know why when I don't see a great video, I write it down because I may use it in the podcast. I, I sort of arbitrarily make a decision and go, well, that's talking about a subject that I'm not going to get into. But then later on, when I hit different discussions, I wish that I could have that to illustrate the point that I'm trying to make. And this is one of those situations where I didn't do that, and I apologize. But basically, it is a much, both use AMD, both use AMD as a graphic solution and as a computer, uh, PC, uh, sorry, CPU solution, but Xbox Series X is much more comparison to a Ryzen Radeon computer build than the PS5 is. And there's no piece of software that's going to show that off better than Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. It is a launch title. Now, what do I consider a launch title? A launch title is a title that you're going to want to buy and you want to buy it, you want the console that's going to run that software.
It's a reason. It's part and parcel. You're getting the console to get that software and you're getting that software and you want the console to be able to run that software best. There's nothing that's going to illustrate that better than Microsoft Flight Simulator. Nothing. And so there, there's going to be that initial push because there's going to be people like we talked about that can't build a PC that's going to run it. Now that they see the specs, now that they see what they can do, there's going to be a lot of people that say, you know what, I can sit around, wait for prices maybe to go down or to reach MSRP. I could do a compromise build where I'm not getting a 6800 uh, XT graphics card, I'm getting something less than that. Frame rates are gonna suffer a little bit. Maybe I'm getting a six core CPU instead of an eight core CPU, or I'm adding hardware to a system that I already have. And, or, or you know, and there's people that go, why am I doing that? Why am I gonna wait six months? I'm gonna have to shell out at least $1,500 for a system that can run it. And it's probably not going to run it at the frame rates that an Xbox Series X is going to be able to run it. So there's going to be that initial push of people that are going to have Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. And then it's going to die off. It's going to die off quickly because it isn't something that the standard console gamer is interested in. They want combat. They want excitement. They want um, to be able to uh, challenge their friends. In like a contest type of environment. And let's face it, Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 does not do that. I mean, it is by all means challenging, but not in the typical way that console buyers are interested in, or even most PC gamers. You know, that I think it's funny when, when you know, I'm in the forums and I'm like, well, console people are not gonna be interested in Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 because it's a passive in the sense of it's, it's, it's a simulator for airplanes. And they're not interested in that. They want combat. They want shooting. They want, well, guess what? Most PC gamers want those things too. That's why it's a niche market or has been until Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 has come out. And this is going to lead to the comparison to X-Plane 12, which I'm going to give you a rundown uh, on towards the towards the uh, the next part of the show. So that argument has always been kind of screwy to me, because 90% of gamers, 90% of PC gamers, I should say, do not 
fly simulators. And so we're probably going to be in the realm of 95% of Xbox Series X owners do not run Flight Simulator. But there's a couple things that's going to push against that wave. One, with Game Pass, you can download the game without having to purchase it. So there's going to be people that try it. If only to, you know, fly the plane on the exterior view over their house so that they can see their house or their neighborhood or their city. I've heard some people are going to, some streamers are going to use the flight simulator as a uh, way to enhance their travel channel, use it as a travel guide, an aerial uh, brochure, of, if you will, for the for the city that they're talking about or the city that they're going to travel to and do a review of. There's all kinds of crazy plans out there that people are going to use Microsoft Flight Simulator for in ways that have nothing to do with true simulation. So there's that aspect of it. The other aspect of it is people are going to download it for free and realize it's a lot of fun. It's way more fun than they thought it was. That they got into the challenge of uh, studying the airframe, learning how to activate it from a cold and dark situation, fly it in a, a true sense of uh, going through waypoints and uh, flying VFR and fl or flying I IFR versus VFR. That they're going to discover that. But those things are going to be slow in nature. One of the things uh, in comparison to the Xbox Series X versus the PS5 um, is uh, a lot of the things that a company called Digital Foundry um, is talking about. They're, they're giving specific reasons why, look, this is a more powerful con console from a game creator's point of view. That's what the video that I didn't, uh, didn't get um, was talking about. There is a video out right now called Why You Were Wrong About Xbox Series X versus PS5 Digital Foundry Features Found in Xbox Series X Console. That's a long name, I know. And 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 this was out uh, some months ago. It was out in February. The one that I talked about was was within a couple of weeks, and I can't find it now, um, unfortunately. But the whole point of it is not to say, "Oh, you should buy an Xbox Series X versus a PS5." I'm not even going to get into that. It's about the Xbox Series X has more powerful technology and hardware 
in the box. Look at it. It looks like a PC. People talk about the monolith and blah, 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 blah. It is the shape that it is in because it is an ITX computer. That's the smallest form factor that a PC can be built in. And that's what it is. The way that it draws in the air, exhausts out the top. The way the power supply is mounted inside it. You can just, you can take the power supply from the PS5 and the power supply just on that and look at both power supplies and go, okay, that one is a serious piece of kit. That is a PC. But the the we the reason why I'm making the comparison is because it's going Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 is going to illustrate the power of the hardware that's in the PS that's in the Microsoft Xbox Series X. as compared to the PS5. A PS5 could not run Microsoft Flight Simulator. It could not run it. Not without severe adaptation taking place. And when people see the program, the scenery, the 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 actual simulation aspect of it when they get when they get brave enough to go in the cockpit and fly it you know i was into uh racing simulation uh for a long time i was always into flight simulators but i i got into into racing car racing um for for a while there and uh, I had uh, Gran Turismo on a Sony PlayStation. I think it was a PS2. I could be wrong. And I had the steering wheel and the clutch and the shift and all of that stuff. And I was really into it. People that race it like that do what? They're in the cockpit. They're in the racing car. You don't have all of the steering wheel and the shifter and the clutch pedal to to run it to race an exterior view. Yeah, you could run the entire race in exterior view. Uh, Forza is the same way for Xbox. You could run it exterior. That's a game. That's like racing in game mode, if you will. But if you're in the cockpit, if you're in the racing car, 
and you got to make decisions based on what you can see out your windshield, not based on the God view where you can see your car and all the other cars around it. That's a different strategic approach to the race. You're limited by view. You're limited by your spatial reality in comparison to the cars around you and the and the barriers and the and the and the like you want an example of that is doing a pit stop racing at 150 miles an hour and looking for the pit lane and then getting yourself into the pit lane and then slowing down so that you're not exceeding the speeds of the pit lane and then finding where your team is and pit your car for tire changes and fuel uh, fuel added and all of that. Completely different experience than doing it with a God view where you're controlling the car with a hand controller. Completely different. That is true for flight simulation. You have this God view of the airplane and you can see the airport and you could line it up on the runway and then, you know. You, you, you land the plane and you got a button for your speed brakes and a, a trigger for your speed brakes and a trigger for your, your actual braking and then a button for reverse engine. Easy relatively in comparison is what I'm talking about. Then in a cockpit view and you got you have your controls in front of you and you got to set all your little things and do the flare and all of that kind of stuff from a flight deck point of view, completely different experience. One is simulating what it's like to be in an aircraft and, and flying it. One is a completely different experience being in the race car and having to do the things within a race within the car itself versus the God view of both the airplane or the God view of the car. Completely different experiences. One's more of a kind of a game. And I say that with all due respect. And one is simulating the experience of racing the car or flying the plane. So console gamers that have been, that are into racing games, they're two different camps. There's the ones that spend $500 on a steering wheel and the ones that just race using their hand controller. Same game, 
completely different experience. So there's going to be console buyers that get it, that understand the difference. And maybe they didn't think they would be into flight simulation, but it's on Game Pass. They download it. They try it out. And they're like, this is cool. I think a lot of the racing simulators are going to find something that, that triggers that satisfaction within the flight simulator and they're, uh, and, and they're simulating flying as they simulate racing. And so you're going to see those numbers build over time. You're going to get the initial push and then it's going to trickle off and then you're going to start getting people into it as they self-discover things about it that maybe they didn't realize in the past or realize about how, how, how it works and how much fun it can be. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. So this all bottles back to what I was talking about. Bottles back? Is that even a phrase? This all goes back to you can just write your little airplane program for the PC or you can spend a little extra time and have perhaps exponentially greater amount of possible consumers that would buy your program. It might take a while, but I think you're going to see more and more and more third party content creators, be it scenery, airports, airplanes, whatever you want to say, that are going to say, you know, it's worth it for us to spend a little bit of extra time and making the conversion so that it runs on an Xbox Series X. And you know what's going to do it first are the people that have airframes out for a while, like Coronado and some of the other ones. Fly-by-wire, maybe, I think. They have their three big project airplanes. It's already released. Just about everybody that's going to buy it has bought it already. And they're like, how can we create more revenue? We can make a port. We can make a conversion so that our airplane flies on the Xbox Series X. Why wouldn't they do it? Yeah, they have, you know, bigger projects in the future that they're working on that might not come out for a year or a year and a half. But they could get their team together and for a couple weeks, maybe a month, maybe a couple months, release it for the Xbox Series X and boom, you got a whole new consumer base potentially interested in 
in your product. So it is going to happen. It is going to happen. From the business aspect, that is what makes sense. So, I mean, I've seen a lot of speculation that says, you know, and I said in the show that the PC experience is, is going to be greater than the Xbox Series X. I don't think every company is going to port. Like I have airports, uh, a couple airports uh, that I was going to review on the show. We'll find a, a future time to review it. Um, but they're like six ninety nine. I saw an, another airport. Uh, oh, what the heck was it? Um, it was four ninety nine. It was thirty percent off. Four ninety nine. Are they going to port over to Xbox Series? Maybe they will. It depends on how easy that it process is um there could even be a a automated emulator and that's probably the wrong word because i already use <clears throat> an automated software that easily converts the pc version to the xbox series x convert version that that probably won't come out immediately but i i bet there will be something that does that they'll, they'll still have to tweak it it won't just be you know, you highlight the program, click a mouse, and then boom, it can run on an Xbox Series X. But it can do a lot of the computations that that uh, that all software has to have to run on the Xbox Series X. It can add those uh, lines of code more or less automatically, and then they can just tweak the individual things. So as time goes on, it's going to be easier and easier and easier to port things over. So there might be some things, you know, that, it, you know, if it's just a guy or two that made an airport or what have you, um, you know, that, that it might be a, a, a bit of a daunting task because he doesn't have the emulator, or they don't have the emulator or whatever. And uh, that in the future, it'll be like, uh, you know what, this is so easy now. Let's go ahead and, and, and uh, the, the airports that we had, you know, released earlier on, let's just go ahead and, and port, port them over. So you're going to see content catch up. It's going to take a long time. It is going to take a long time. And storage is a whole nother, you know, discussion for another day. Um, but, uh, I think eventually it's going to catch up. But the point of what I'm overall, what we're talking about is that um, the numbers of flyers on the Xbox Series X, there's going to be the initial push, and then you're going to see a gradual growth, steady over time. And. Um, As more and more peripherals come out and uh, more exciting stuff becomes available, you're going to see it.
the divide between the gaming console and the PC, especially where it comes to Microsoft Flight Simulator, is going to be paper thin eventually. So, um, that's, that's my thoughts and, and answers to, to, to questions that, that, that might be had. So I think that at first the PC experience is going to be vastly, uh, different. And, and the PC experience is going to be, um, better overall just from a visual and frame rate standpoint too. Um, you're going to have a higher potential to reach with the PC simulator than the console. Remember, the console is locked in. The PC can always adapt. You know, a year and a half from now, we'll put in more advanced graphics cards and we're going to get frame rates much faster than the Xbox Series X. But having said that, <laughs> see, there's always a point and a counterpoint. If Xbox Series X is flying and, and they're going to continue to tweak the program so that the performance gets better within the specs of the Xbox Series X, I'm just saying that at some point in time, within the five to eight year of the lifespan of this flight simulator, and I, and I do believe that's what we're talking about here, um, the, the, the PC is going to be able to uh, to run it at, 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 at better because the PC can expand. And then the new consoles will come out and everything's back to reset again. So, but that's another discussion for another day. <clears throat> but uh, for now, the experience is going to be a lot better on the PC versus the Xbox Series X. One reason why is because I don't, I don't know what controllers are available for the Xbox Series X as of today. Um, July 31st. And, um, but it's going to catch up, folks. It is. And the experience is going to be very similar. And some people will say, you know what? I will sacrifice some frame rates. I will sacrifice a minor amount of video fidelity. to fly on a 50-inch television. That's going to be much... If you're in a 747 flying and you have your, your, your flight deck set up and your windshield is a 50-inch television, much more realistic than a 27-inch monitor. I don't care how good that monitor is, and my monitor is damn good. So, you know, you're going to see people, I, I, don't be surprised if you see very sophisticated flight decks set up 
where their their TV is their windshield. They have, you know, it would be not the, the living room TV, but they put a TV as their windshield, have very sophisticated flight decks, and it's running off an Xbox Series X. Don't be surprised to see that. That's future. That's down the road. But I am not going to be at all shocked to start seeing that kind of build configuration. So there you are. Okay. I think we're already exceeded two hours, but we move on. We move on, folks. And I've been doing some research, and I know what some of you are saying. Griffin, you were wrong. You were wrong, my dear friend. They're already talking about X-Plane 12. There's already visuals out giving a little bit of a teaser of what it's going to look like. I am was not wrong. What did I say? I said if they got the right software partners, they can make a digital... What's the word I'm looking for? Simulation of what the simulator is going to look like somewhere around in its in its final format. And that's probably what Laminar has done. Now, one of the things I haven't seen in all of the visuals and all of the talk, and they're all, look how good it looks, look how nice, and it looks good. It looks much better than X-Plane 11. Does it look as good as Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020? In my opinion, no, it does not. I said that if they come out with a version of X-Plane 12, it's going to be something in the middle between where X-Plane 11 is now and where Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 is now. It's going to be somewhere in between those two realities. And that's what, granted, we don't have a lot to go on, but if I had to guess, based on the information that is out right now, <laughs> here are all the caveats I'm writing in there to protect my butt. Um, that's what it looks like to me. It's a product that's going to be somewhere in between those two realities. Much more advanced than X-Plane 11, but really nothing compared to Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. And what I haven't seen is the photogrammetry, the, the, the satellite imagery. And I told you that's going to be the hardest part because that is not just something that they can do. Oh, let's make it like a satellite. That it, no, you got to have the actual satellite space. You got to be renting the, that space on the, on the satellites to get those views if you're doing it live. And that's what makes the, the Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 experience so unique. What's it like to fly in to Heathrow during a blizzard? What do the buildings look like? What do the runways look like? What does the weather conditions look like? Looking out your, your flight deck, looking out your windshield. 
The word for that is dynamic. And I don't see anything in the previews of X-Plane 12 that leads, me to that leads me to believe that there's going to be that kind of dynamic experience. I said if X-Plane 12 is like, is comparable to Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020, and I'm not just talking about graphic fidelity. I'm not just talking about how it looks. I'm talking about the dynamic experience that Microsoft Flight 2020 gives you. It would be years down the line, and I still stand that stand by that. And they, you know, Laminaire would be like, look, we can't have X, let's say they have a target date for something that's similar for Microsoft Flight Simulator for 2025. Laminaire from a business standpoint knows, A, they got to give something that their loyal customer base can sink their teeth into. And B, they got to have some kind of a buzz they cannot be flying X-Plane 11 to 2025. It'll be non-existent. It'll be gravestones in the graveyard. And they don't have the pull of Microsoft where 10 years later they can go, hey, we're doing a simulator again. And everybody goes, wow. They, they don't have that kind of presence in the marketplace. In any general sense of the word. So what are they going to do? They're going to come up with something that is a significant improvement over X-Plane 11, and they're going to call it X-Plane 12. And it's still going to be static scenery, in other words, preloaded scenery. And, and you know, they, they have live weather, so they can do that more accurately. I hope so. Because the live weather on X-Plane 11 is almost useless. I remember it would be storming over my airport in Lakeland. And I go to Lakeland, put it on live weather, and it's cloudy. You don't see any of the, the, the rain showers or the storms that were currently going on. It just was not accurate as far as live weather is concerned. So if they can improve that, that's going to help a lot. So they improve live weather so that it's more accurate weather conditions to the, to what's currently going on. They have much better uh, graphic models uh, of, of the airport, much accurate rendering of cities and airports and, and, and the like. And that's going to be enough to hold them over to that 2025. I'm just picking that date arbitrarily. 
where they do have some, they have worked with server companies and they do have a satellite company that's working with them and they are programming it and in, in, in conjunction with uh, X-Plane. And they come out with X-Plane 13. I think they'll change the name when they come out with that version. X-Plane Word World Simulator or something like that. X-Plane Flight Earth. That'd be a good one. And so X-Plane 12 is going to be that bridge that's going to keep them relevant until they get to a platform and a simulator that they're ready to put out that competes with Microsoft. So I don't think from what I can see, I'm, I'm, you could categorize me as wrong because I did make caveats back then. And I said, you know, if they come out with an X-Plane 12, it's still not going to be anything that's comparable to Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. It's going to be better than X-Plane 11, but it's not going to be comparable. It's a different experience. So I think that's what I'm seeing uh, in, in the in the very limited materials that have been, that has been previewed. Um, I think that's what they're shooting for. We'll have to wait and see. But um, I don't think it's going to be anything that's like Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. Just now, I'm hearing noises in articles that I'm reading and some of the YouTube videos that I've seen with <clears throat> predominantly X-Plane loyalists as far as journalists goes, or I'm not talking about the individual simmer, where they're saying Laminaire can't ignore Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. It was much bigger, much more successful, much more comprehensive than they originally anticipated in any way. And the dynamic of the community and the dynamic of the customer base and the dynamics of the third-party software at the speed that materials have been released for it. I, I don't think they anticipated that at all. Because even people who were enthusiastic about the Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 platform wasn't expecting this much, this soon, this comprehensive. And we're now hearing about some of it is in beta. Some of it's about to come out. 
study level aircraft. And if you have accurate study level aircraft, that's the last really kind of hook that, that, that X-Plane 11 loyalists were, were hanging their hats on. Well, there's no steady level aircraft out for it. There will be. And there wasn't steady level aircraft in the first year of X-Plane 11. <laughs> I was there. A lot of the third party was crap compared to what Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 has going for it in its, for, in its first six months. So, episode 12, season two, is in the can, folks. I hope you enjoy the show, and uh, I hope it gives you food for thought about how the Xbox Series X is really going to bring on a whole new customer base, more simmers, and that's going to make the PC version more dynamic. And I hope you see the connection. Xbox waiting to have that full Radeon Ryzen experience makes the Radeon Ryzen build in the piece, as far as the PC goes, even more relevant, even more comprehensive what we were talking about. And so I think that's going to continue and I think that's going to be something that you're really going to start seeing a pull away. where people that have a Radeon Ryzen build are going to be like, man, I'm glad I went this route. We're being much more inclusive into the overall experience because Xbox Series X is a Radeon Ryzen build. It's a micro ITX computer. I mean, that, that's just what it is. And it doesn't have the same specs as a high-end computer but it doesn't need to because it's there's that word again proprietary and they can make the program work on lesser specs than your PC because it is proprietary to the point where it is a absolutely comparable experience especially because they're taking advantage of the multi-core it's no longer based on a single clock with high, uh, single core with high clock speed. And what did, what did we say? We speculated on that months ago that Microsoft Flight Simulator was going to more and more convert to, to multi-core because a single core high clock speed is not going to push it the simulator to be able to, to do it. it you got to take advantage of the heart. Yes, it's got powerful hardware, but it's not comparable. Well, I shouldn't say it's not comparable. It's not the same as a PC. You got to use every piece of hardware advantage that that Xbox Series X has if you're going to push something like Microsoft Flight Simulator. And that meant it had to take advantage of the eight cores 
that are in it. So, I think we nailed it. And I think exciting times are ahead of us. I'm going to try to have a flight sim adventure by the next episode, which will be episode 13, season 2. And um, so stay tuned, because the best is yet to come. I truly, truly, truly believe that for Microsoft Flight Simulator. Take care of yourselves, because that's the best way to take care of loved ones and others and each other. And I will see you very soon. Wheels up soon. Take care, everybody. I love you.